Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I don't know if you guys are like me, but at times I question whether God's there. Anybody ever done that before? I'd be, I, I would, I, 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 I'd be, I wish I were bold enough. I don't put anybody on the spot. I, I'd like to ask how many, like right now, that's like a real question on your mind. I'd like to, but you don't have to answer that. Usually that comes when life's hard, not when things are going well. I mean, I rarely ask God where he is when things are going right. You know what I'm saying? When things are going well, I'm like, yeah, things are good. Really, uh, I, I, I rarely question God's thereness. If that's a word. I just made up another word. Every now and then, you guys, if you're, if, you're not, if you're not used to me, every now and then I create new vocabulary. I don't know if thereness is a word, but it fits, right? I don't, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I question God's thereness, if he's really in it with me. And you know what? Usually, in good times, though, God can question my thereness. Am I right? Life gets rolling, things start happening, and then I, I cease to find time to be at church when I'm supposed to be. I cease to find time to talk to him like I ought to. I cease to find time to hang out with my Christian buddies and, 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 and brothers and sisters and, 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 and engage in life together. And so my thereness can be questioned, um, but his can't. And oftentimes when my thereness is missing, that's when usually I'm heading into something difficult. Anybody with me on that one? You know what I'm saying? Like it's about to happen, right? Because I'm not checked in, certain things go on, right? And I find myself in hard times. And I find, you ever find this? At some, sometimes I start taking steps I think God wants me to take, and then something goofy happens, and I start going, God, where are you? Anybody ever done that? I mean, I'm listening, Jesus. I'm taking that step. I felt you nudge me to do something. I felt like in prayer I was supposed to, and then as I take that step and I, I move forward, all of a sudden he's where, what happened? Where did you do? Where did you, hey. And the floor light gets ripped out. Anybody ever had it? Like the floor get ripped out? Not because you weren't doing, any, you were doing anything wrong, but be, it, right in the middle when you were trying to do something right. Anybody ever had that ever happened to? And some of that, and, and then I start to wonder why, why God? I mean, I'm, you know. And where are you? You know, we're, we're engaged in a spiritual battle. Every one of us, some of us are, are, aren't locked into it yet, but it's locked in around us. Some of us are locked into it, then we forget we are sometimes. We get sidetracked. I know I think we all have that moment. I think we all go through times where difficulty shows up and we go, God, where are you? What is going on? And as we try and figure out where God is, fear sets in. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Oh no, you know, you have all those questions. And sometimes difficulty sets in because. We're absent, but sometimes it shows up because we're not absent, because we're obedient. And sometimes it shows up not because of either those two things. Sometimes it shows up, you know why? Because we're on this marble that's spinning through space, and there's lots of other people who make bad decisions and do certain things, and there's, these things, there's this stuff called disease and, and crime and all sorts of other stuff, and all of a sudden life just spins out of control, and you really didn't do anything. You were, you were walking with Jesus, you were, you know, and bloom, and just unexplicably bad things happen. Anybody know that? Can I encourage you this morning? Even in all that, God never leaves us. He, he never, ever forsakes us. 
Not one time. And I, we're going to start this series today, and it's called Life is Hard, period. It just is. But God is. And today, we're going to talk about life is hard. God is there. So don't be afraid. Life is hard, absolutely. Every one of us could raise our hand today and talk about something that's happened in the last few weeks, somewhere. life just turned out hard, right? Life is hard. God's good. God is there, and he's good. So don't be afraid. John 16, you'll find these words. Jesus, if, if you have a, a, a certain kinds of Bibles that you read from, you'll find these letters written in red like they are on the screen. And so we, I believe in interactivity. You guys know that? So I'm going to ask you guys to join me. I want you to stand up. I want you to re- look at these words on the screen if you can read them. We're going to read John 16, together aloud, okay? Are you ready? One, two, three. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This is our theme verse for this next few weeks. These are the words of Jesus. Contextually, he's talking to his closest followers, and he's just described them how things are about to get really difficult. Not because they're doing anything horrible. Some of them are about to do some bad things. Some, of them, some, of, some things are about to happen because some of them are doing the right things. And he says, I've spoken just before. You can sit down. Sorry. He spoke. He said, I've spoken these things to you so in me you may have peace. This morning, he's he's going to be speaking to all of us from his word so that we would know in him we have peace. It's not in our jobs. It's not our relationship with our wives. It's not in our cars. It's not in our our whatever, our our houses and where we live. It's not in, 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 you know, who's winning the football game or who's winning the political game. It's not in any of that. It is in the person of Christ that we find peace. And even though we're with Christ, the next words are very true. On this earth, we will have many trials and sorrows. None of us get an exemption. None of us. The Bible declares these words, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust, those who are right with God and those who are not. There's no, if you came to Christ at some point in time in your past, you were going through a really hard time and somebody told you these words, like, listen, you follow Jesus, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to repent for, for whoever told you that. Because that's just not true. You are going to be okay. Jesus is going to be okay. But a lot of times about life, life is not Okay. But the next words are what's really important. Take heart. One translation says, be of great courage. Whatever you're facing right now, you don't have to back off away from it. You don't have to flee or run. You can face it. Why? Because you're awesome? No. Because he is. Be of good cheer. I have already overcome all that's in the world. Those are his words. And so today we're going to dig through an Old Testament piece of Scripture. Isaiah 43, you'll find God through the prophet Isaiah uttering certain words, and they go like this. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. 
I don't know if that revs anybody's engine this morning, but that just messes with me every time I read it. God looks down on a group of people and he says, listen, I created you. You didn't just happen. You're not an accident. I on purpose made you who you are. I formed you, he says. Which, which brings me to this point. You are created on purpose with purpose. God don't make no junk. There is no such thing on this planet as a throwaway life, not one. There's not, there's not one, there is not one person walking today made in the image of God that is beyond the reach of redemption, is beyond the reach of grace of the grace of God. There's not, there's not one. Today, wherever you are, whatever trouble you may find yourself in, know this that you were made on purpose. And because God made you on purpose, you have purpose. And can I say something too? Sometimes the trouble you're walking through is because you have purpose. Your purpose is often the cause of the conflict you're in. See, there is a spiritual war that goes on around us. And, 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 and it's truly about that war that's being waged is about you really being free to be what you're supposed to be. There is a, when, when Moses is born in the nation of Egypt, in the book of Exodus, we read about his story. And when he is born, it wasn't because Moses was born was the problem. The, promise was, the problem was Moses was born with promise and purpose. And so Pharaoh, directed by the heart of Satan, I really believe it, directs the chil- the, 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 his, his dignitaries to kill babies. Why? Be- not because of what they're capable of at the moment, but because one of them was going to fulfill their purpose. When Jesus was born, the King Herod was so worried about Jesus actually becoming who there was prophesied he was supposed to become that he starts killing little children. Why? Because they threatened him? No, because Jesus fulfilling his purpose would. And many times, the spiritual conflict we're in right now and the pressure we feel isn't because we're doing anything crazy or wrong. It's because Satan fears us really finding out what we're supposed to be. He fears us really understanding the grace of God. He fears us really understanding we don't have to live in guilt and shame anymore. He fears us being unleashed to help other people get out of that guilt and shame thing, and he will push back, and he will push back hard. And and, and God's saying, listen, I created you. I formed you. You have purpose. But he also says this, I paid a ransom for you. See, a price was paid so you could understand your identity. And you'll never find your identity outside coming under that agreement for that ransom. Jesus paid a high price. And here's what I I find. Sometimes the, the, the pressure that we experience is because Satan's trying to hinder us from our purpose. And sometimes the pressure we experience and the difficulty we go under is because we're not living up to the identity we were supposed to live up to. He says, I know you by name. You are mine. You are somebody to me, God says. And, and if, when you out, walk outside of the identity God created you for, you create problems for yourself and pressure. And you know it, right? 
How many of you guys, how many guys the minute you did something, you went, that nah, was dumb. And then all of a sudden, your mind starts reeling, right? Like, okay, what's going to happen next? And fear sets in, like, and you start in your mind analyze, oh, no, 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 that was stupid. Oh, my gosh. Right? And you start worrying, like, what's going to, what's down the road? And then, then you come back into the shell, and you're worried that somebody will find out who you really are. You're worried that somebody will realize what, what, what you've done, and you start to, 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 to sink back in. My wife and I, everybody knows this, probably who's been around here for very long and all, my wife and I's favorite movie is Lion King. Very first date we ever saw together back in whatever, you know, I won't tell her age, a long time ago. And last weekend we went and saw the new one. And those, those, those words come to mind. You don't even know who you are. You don't even, you don't even know who you are. And, and, and when you don't operate as the person you are supposed to be, you create problems and pressure and it gets crazy. Now listen, there's good news. Everybody say there's good news. Life is hard. God's there. Don't be afraid. Life is hard. God's there. Don't be afraid. Isaiah 43, 2, God goes on to say. Let me go back. Let me see, let me see a second. These words God spoke, speaks in Isaiah 43 are to the nation of Israel as a collective group of people. He calls them by their, 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 their forefathers' name, Jacob and Israel. And, and some of you could go, like, well, he's talking to them. But the Bible tells us in, in, in the book of Romans that Abraham is now our father. And everything spoken to Abraham's seed suddenly becomes a part of our promise booklet, too. And so when he speaks that to the nation of Israel back in Isaiah 43, before Jesus is born, suddenly we can take a hold of that, those same ideas that God created. He formed us. He loves us. He knows us by name. We can take those same thoughts to the bank because God, the Bible says this, that God is no respecter of persons. So the next words I'm about to read are really important to you. Listen to these words. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters... How many y'all, I mean, just nod your head, you have to raise your hand real high if you don't want to. How many of y'all been through in some, in some deep stuff this week? When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. I feel like some of you have been like this this week, like, Ugh. And just trying to tread water enough to keep your nose out of, right? When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. So there's a word, there, there's a word that repeats itself several times in this little verse. When. And when indicates that difficulty is a reality, not just a mere possibility. Are you hearing me? Some of us, I still think we live in this fantasy world somewhere. If we quote enough scripture, if we pray enough ways, if we show up enough, if we give enough to, to God, if we just do something, if we just don't do that one thing we keep trying, that we've been having problems with, finally, life will even up, even out, and it will get, it, it will finally go. No. Difficulty just comes with the human package. You never get away from it. You can never be good enough to avoid it. Just, just take it to the bank. It just is there. Life 
is hard. But there's also when you go through that, the next things. When overwhelm occurs, listen to me, you are not alone. When it feels like you're going like this, you're not the only one in the water. When it feels like you don't know which way to turn and what else to do, there's somebody bigger than you, greater than you, more powerful than you, more loving than you, more gracious than you, more truthful than you, than all that. And he is like, I'm right there with you. Don't give up now. Don't quit. Don't throw in a towel. Don't go. I am right there. And, and when you go through scorching pressure, how many have ever felt like, man, somebody's just like, like, like you're being chased? Anybody ever felt like that? Like no matter what you do, you feel like, oh my gosh, look, the whole world is, and there's like this idea that, that there's just pressure. When scorching pressure comes upon you, understand this, you will not be consumed. Are you hearing me? It may feel like you're going to get burned up right now, like you are not going to survive. But there, just like Jesus said, in this world you will, take it to the bank, have troubles and sorrows. He says the same thing in Isaiah 43. When you go through things, I will be there. When you go through the, 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 the fire, you will not be consumed. Hold tight to my hand. Let's keep walking this thing out together, and let's get somewhere. I am not giving up on you. Do not give up on me. I am there every day, every moment. You are going to make it through this. Oftentimes, the fires of oppression happen to us. The fires of pressure. You know why? Because we are hanging on to things we should not be hanging on to. And the reason the fire seems so intense is because God wants to consume those things. The book of Hebrews says that everything that can shake will shake. So the things that cannot be shaken would be all that would remain. There's a story in the Bible that comes after this prophecy in Isaiah. Isaiah is prophesying before Israel goes into captivity. Once Israel goes into captivity, the book of Daniel was written. And it's almost as if, check this out, it's almost as if God knew somebody actually was going to go through a fire and not get consumed. I don't know, you think? That's what makes him God. He knows things we could never know. And he, he makes this prophetic statement and then gives us a very real-life example about three guys living in the land of Babylon in captivity, away from their homeland. Life has not panned out the way they thought it should, and they're living in a foreign place trying to figure out where life is, and they find themselves being under pressure to submit to, a, to another way of worship rather than honoring God with their whole beings, and they refuse. And the king gets really messed up, and he gets mad, and he gets angry, and then he says, fire up the furnace and make it seven times hotter than normal. These guys are toast. And they go, maybe so. Nonetheless, we'll not relent. We're still going to serve God. Sorry. And they're bound with ropes. And they walk up to the edge of the furnace. And the guys who are, who are holding them captive, as they open the door, those guys are consumed. The guards are consumed. And they get pushed into the fire. And the Bible tells us that the things that bound them burnt up. And then the king looks back in the, the, the furnace, and he looks at his advisor, and he goes, Hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey, come, come here. Well, no, refresh my memory just for a minute. Did we throw three guys into the fire? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, king. Yes, we, yes that's what we did. He said, How come there's four guys walking around in there? 
And one of them looks like the son of God. He goes, I don't know who's going to volunteer for this job. Go get those boys out of there. Did you see the other guys? No, I don't think. They get him out, and he finds out that God's really the king. He's not the king. Maybe you're going through something right now, so certain things fall off of you, and so that other people can see that Jesus is really the king. Are you hearing me? Because he's, he's there. He's in the, the middle of whatever grief, whatever frustration, whatever thing happened that has got your life spinning. He's right there. He hadn't left. He's not forsaken. He is right there. Life is hard. God is there. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. This morning as fear tries to grab your heart about how this is all going to pan out, about how things are going to go down, about what your life's going to be and how your kids are going to grow and how things are going to happen. and what you're, Stop worrying about that and then let God's presence be near to you. Isaiah 43, 3, read like this. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, key word, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom, he uses that word again, for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Now here's why you have hope this morning. There's hope for you because you have a Savior who is all in. He's withholding nothing from you. He, he, is, he is so in. The, the, the word Savior literally means deliverer or rescuer. One of the, the Bible dictionaries I looked at said this word describes a title of God. Now listen to this next line. With a focus on the relationship between God and those he delivers. Is that crazy cool? It's not just about God being up here and you being down there. It's about you and God being in something together. <laughs> That's what that word means. You and him, you have a Savior who rescues and delivers, and it's all about not him. Not, it's all about him and you being together in this thing called life, in this pressure that you're under, in this physical problem that you have, in this relational discord that's going on, in this financial stress you find yourself in. And he's in that with you. And he's going to make a way through that thing to get you to where you need to be. I promise. Not because I know things, but because I know him. I can't, give you, I can't give you the map, and I don't know the steps, and I don't know how it's all going to pan out. But I do know his character. That just like that sun came up this morning, his mercy is new. Just like I know his grace is sufficient for whatever problem you're facing right now. Just like I know his love will meet you every morning, and it will dispel fear, and it will give you soundness of mind, and it will give you energy and power to keep moving forward. I absolutely 100% believe that because I've watched him do it with me. And, and, and I think he hadn't changed much. Now listen to this next thing. There's another word in there, ransom. See, God's setting the stage in this passage of Scripture for what he's about to do in the New Testament. He's used this word ransom twice in three verses so far, and he, he's setting the stage to let you know how in he's in. You get what I just said? Does that make sense? I just realized what I said. I thought that's kind of redundant. He's letting you know how in he is. Okay, you got it. Right, right. The word ransom means here the price of a life. The literal definition of the Hebrew word that we translate ransom means the price of a life. It's funny that Jesus, we know, we know the story of the exodus from Egypt. 
That's, a, that's an illusion he's making here, like I, I gave Egypt for you. I, I pretty much near destroyed Egypt so you would be free. Pretty much did that. But he's setting the stage for what would happen next. And here's what I want to say to you. There's an expectation of you overcoming this because of his love for you. Because to his love is unmerited favor. It's unconditional. We, we, we use the word from the New Testament, the, word, the Greek word agape. is translated love all over the New Testament, and it means unconditional love. There are no parameters. There are no things. There are nothing that hinders his love from moving towards you. Nothing. Nothing, zero, not, not. And so because he loves you so much, he does certain things. Listen to Isaiah 43, 4. Others were given in exchange for you. Again, he's setting the stage for something that's about to come in a few hundred years. I traded their lives for yours. Why would you do that? Listen to these words. Because you are precious to me. The God of heaven looks down over this group of people sitting at, a, at, a, at a, an address of 4496 State Route 180, Kingston, Ohio, 45644, with all the craziness and the chaos and all the things, the business is happening around the world right now. He looks down upon the people of God, and he goes, you're precious to me. You are honored. You. Now, I want you to do something. I'm going to make this real personal. And I want, you, I, want you, I want you to look to the right or to the left and see if somebody's sitting next to you. Now, I want you, I want you, to, I want you to talk to them. And if you have to walk in the pew, I want you to have at it, right? I want you to walk over to them. I want you to go. I want you to introduce yourself if you don't know them by first name because God knows our name, right? And I want you to say, he's talking to you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Do that right now. Do that right now. Walk for, look behind you and in front of you. Okay. Look behind you, in front of you. If there's somebody there you don't know, look at them and say, he's talking to you too. Right? Just do it right now. Huh? You are precious. You are honored. Huh? And the next three words are crazy. I love you. When all the rest of the world has given up, thrown in the towel, stopped. He says, I love you. Every one of them. Look at Romans 8.32. Listen to these words. The ransom he paid was the life of his own son. When he's talking in Isaiah 43, he's looking forward to a time that has not yet happened. He's setting the stage for them to understand that I absolutely, because of the ones I love, I will, I, will, I will pay the price of a life. Do you hear me? I will, get, I will give up my own life in substitute. I gave others for you. Do you hear what he said? He's setting the stage for that. And since he did that, he went to an extent to be near to his creation, that he would send his own son to die. I want you to grab a hold of the, that, that idea right now. God loves you so much, he would come in human form, and he would die. He would give his own life for you. Now, ask yourself this question. If he would go to that extent, is he going to leave me when life gets hard? And you know why I say that? Because some of you think that. 
The minute something goes crazy, you start to wonder if God's really in this. You start to wonder if he's really engaged in your life. You start to ask him if he's there or not. You begin to wonder about his thereness. And can I tell you something right now? If he would get, since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, listen to the next line, won't he also give us everything else? Will he not make a way for us in the difficulty we're in right now? Would he, would he just leave us high and dry if he was going to just, just going to just let us walk into a fire and just not, not, not help us get out? Would, would, he, would he give his own life if he was like, yeah, you know, hey, I love you. Have a great life. See you later. I'm, I'm kind of busy, you know. Would he do that? Would he, would he die an ugly, heinous death on a cross, be beaten with rods and with, with chains and with, with cat of nine tails? Would he be speared in his side? Would he be nailed on a cross? Would he wear a crown of thorns? Would, be, would he be ridiculed and mocked and his beard pulled out and spat upon if he wasn't all the way in even today? Would he do that? The answer is no. That's correct since he didn't even spare his own son, won't he freely give us everything else? See, life is hard. God is there. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Listen to these next words. Actually, why don't you stand up with me? Can we do that? Stand up. Okay. We're going to read again. Anybody know who Lee Strobel is? Anybody heard of Lee Strobel? Lee Strobel was a guy, he used to write for the Chicago Sun-Times. He was an investigative reporter. And one of the stories he was going to write was he was going to apply his investigation skills to Christianity. And his plan was he was going to disprove Christianity. That was his plan. And as he began to apply the same kind of concepts to, to this idea of Christianity, he found out he could not. And so he becomes a Christian. He writes a book, the, the findings of, of that investigative report became a book called The Case for Christ. You should read it if you're kind of skeptical about who Jesus might be. I was strongly encouraging you. He tweeted this week. I loved it. He said, he, said, he goes, if you want to hear the audible voice of God, read the word of God aloud. Because some of us are looking, we don't want to do the hard work. We want somebody just to tell us what God's saying. He already told us. It's right here. So we're going to read this aloud together. Okay? Can you see it? Huh? Are ready? I want you to hear it like, now look at your neighbor, the one you just talked to me. Go, so he's still talking. Just tell him that right now. You, now look at and tell him, you, you're about to hear him. Tell him that right now. Say, you're about to hear him. You are about to hear him. Are you ready? One, two, three. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels 
nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now slap your neighbor a high five and say, that is good. Slap them right now. Don't slap them. Slap their hand. (laughs) Huh? Listen, life is hard. God is there. Don't be afraid. Paul right, you can be seated. My, my, my wife, isn't she a great wife? She's like, I just stand here until he says so. Huh? The rest of you are sitting down. I said, nope, I know him. I'm just going to stand right here. I love her, just in case you're wondering. She's the best. She's absolutely the best. Amen. Listen, Paul says these things, and he's not speaking from some crystal palace somewhere when he writes these things. This is a guy to his own confession. He, he found Christ because he was knocked off a horse and made blind. And when he decides to follow God, guess what happens to him? He loses everything. He finds himself in prison on numerous occasions. He finds himself beaten with rods. He, he finds himself stoned and left for dead. He found friends who ditched him on the journey. He went through all kinds of crazy stuff. And he says, I feel like a lamb being slaughtered almost every day. But no, despite all these things, I am convinced I know like I know everything else I could ever know on this planet. Nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing. No matter how hard life gets, no matter how difficult it becomes, it doesn't matter. He is with me. He never leaves and he never forsakes. His love is near me. His grace sustains me. That's the guy writing those words. And he would eventually, check this out, you think your life is bad, he eventually loses his head because he refuses to relent on the faith that he has. And he said, even that, my fear about tomorrow, not life nor death, separates me. Not all the power of hell can separate me from the love of God's in Christ Jesus. Not any dose of grief, not any dose of discouragement, not any dose of depression, not any dose of financial stress, not any disease, not any, none of that separates. Nothing can hinder God's work in my heart and in my life. Nothing. Pretty good resume to speak about stuff like that, huh? So how do, you, how do you move forward right now? Number one, if you're in this room right now, the, fir- the very first step is you need to know the one who made you and the one who saved you. No other answer. The trouble you find yourself in, if you don't, don't yet, haven't come to grips with the idea that you were created on purpose by some specific person, and that person would pay a high price so you could know that fact and understand his, his love in a way that nobody else could share it with you, you have to start there. He did sacrifice his own life for you, not for somebody else, not just you specifically. He thought, you know what? I love you. I want, I want you in my family. Ephesians 1.5 says he adopted us on purpose. That's what he wanted to do. And the price of his adoption for us was his own life. And he said, I do it willingly. So this morning, some of you, all you have to do is go, Jesus, I believe you're there. I trust you. The Bible says that, he, he, that if we would come to God, we must first believe that he exists. 
and that he rewards those who seek after him, diligently seek after him. You have to know that he exists and that he's wanting you to come chase him as your savior. That's what he wants. Are you hearing me? And there's a reward for that. Okay? So number one, know your creator. If you're already past that line, some of us have crossed that line a long time ago, but we're, we're kind of stuck at number two. You know you have a purpose. And you got to put everything else aside so you can locate it. You need to put everything else aside so you can figure out, because that's the only thing that makes trouble worthwhile, is that there's something significant that you're walking through, that you're, there's some place you're getting to. And, it, and it's on purpose, and it's with purpose. So some of you have, have spent a lot of years just, just knowing that God made you and knowing that God saved you, but you've yet really to throw out the stops and go, I have a purpose. God's got something for me. Every second, every day, every moment that I live is supposed to be lived to his glory and to his honor, and I have yet to figure out how that really pans out. I want to do that. So the next thing some of you is like, you got to lay some things down. You're going to begin to understand, take time to, to sit down and figure out what your purpose is. And I'll just give a shameless plug. In two weeks, I'll start a group called Cause Zone. And if you don't know your purpose, I will help you and, and about five or six other people figure that out together. On a Sunday evening, we'll walk for about six weeks and we'll just figure out why God made you. Is that cool? Can we do that together? Because I think it's that important. Because if we don't figure out our purpose, we'll... The trouble and the trial and the suffering and the sorrow will never make sense. It'll seem vain and meaningless and awful and horrible. And we, but then once you know your creator and your savior and you know that you have a purpose, some of us have, have, have come to all those groups and some of you have, have even taken the, the Cazone small group and all sorts of things. Here's the, here's the real problem. You've got to surrender to it. He can't, he can't just be your creator, and he can't just be your savior, and you can't just acknowledge that you have a purpose. You have to surrender to him and to the reasons he made you. You've got to surrender to his will, to his love, and to him personally. Like you and him, he's got to be everything. Everything else has got to fade away into blackness. I'm going to ask Jay to come back up here and the worship team. I want you to grab that card in your in your. In your thing, that connection card. If you've got an app, I want you to pull out that app and go to the connection card on the app. And I want you, as we sing this song, I want you to process your relationship with God. I want you to process in this moment, if you've, if you've come to grips with him as your creator and your savior, I want you to, to sit right now and think about, do I know my purpose? Do I understand what, what, what I need to be about doing? Do I, do I get it? And then I want you to process, am, can I, will I surrender myself, my whole life to him? Wherever you are on this gamut, we got to have this moment. Okay? I'm going to ask you guys to stand with me. Aaron's back. No early Sundays. If you're, on our, if you're scheduled for our prayer team this morning, if you wouldn't mind, make yourself available. That would be great. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to sing through the song they just sang to start this message. It is well. I want you to ask yourself, is it really well? Is my relationship with Jesus right? Is it well with me that I have a purpose? And if I sorted through it, can I give God everything? And what I want you to do is if, and if, you're, if you're a prayer, listen, I'm going to be really nice. If I said, hey, prayer people, make yourself available, I kind of mean it.
like right now. These people are here to pray with you. Here's the only That's not the only opportunity you have. You may have came to church with somebody this morning that knows you really well. and that Maybe you trust them more. That's okay. Pray with them. Maybe you need to, you and Jesus have a quiet moment there in the, in the seat and just you and him have an interaction. That's cool. Maybe you do need somebody else to engage with you, and that's great. That's why they're here. What we want you to do is make sure you know Jesus. We want to be a part of the process to help you understand your purpose. And we want to be a part of the thing that helps you figure out that life is really lived fully, regardless of what trouble you have, because you're walking with him and you're letting him rule the ship. And we want to help you make that connection. So while you have those cards in your hand, while you have that app open, I want you to, to, to inscribe in that thing right now how God's dealing with you. If you want somebody to pray with you, we want to pray with you. When we leave, I want you to drop, I want you to hit submit on that connection card. I want you to drop that card off at the door. And because here's my, one of my, my greatest joys the last several months of, of my ministry life, probably of all my ministry life, is every week I get to, as one of the leaders here at the church, I get to pray for you specifically and know exactly what you need every week. I take off walking for about three miles and me and Jesus in my headphones and I just hold that, that, that spreadsheet the ladies make for me from the connection cards and I walk and I pray and I call you by name and I ask God to show up in the things you've asked for prayer for and to use you in the midst of things and it's one of the greatest joys that I have and it truly, truly is. It has revolutionized my life as a pastor, honestly. I'm not trying to get into your junk. I'm not trying to get into your, but I do desperately want to make sure I'm touching heaven with you and for you. And if we get that to our intercessory team and we get it to the rest of our elders and we're praying for you like we've never prayed for you ever before. And I promise, because it's cool because we have a connection suddenly. We want to help you take next steps. We want to help you move to be what the person God wants you to be. And if we don't know certain things, we can't. We don't know how. So we're going to sing this song and I want you just to come and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.